social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I am Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I am so excited to have my client and friend here, Amanda Sheldon. She is the Director of Digital Marketing and Communications at Medtronic. She has a really strong history of working in the PR and marketing segment, particularly within the healthcare industry, and she's received a number of honors and awards uh, recognizing her team's outstanding work uh, in social media, and she also is just a fabulous human being, and I'm so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Carrie. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited, and you flew all the way in from L.A. to be here. I did. You made it just in time, so I'm so excited to have you live and in the flesh much better than a phone interview, so I'm quite happy to have you on. So, Amanda, why don't you start? You've had quite the career, so why don't, why don't you give me a little bit of a history of like how you got into the industry that you're in and how you ended up in social media? All right. Well, I've been doing public relations for about 17 years, and I actually just randomly landed in public relations. I didn't have a communications degree. I was an English wow. lit major out of college. Um, ended up in San Francisco right before the dot-com era and um, found myself in technology PR and loved it because it combined my skills in communications with my love of technology and science and started there. And now, 17 years later, I, um, you know, I've been continuing to do it. Uh, about about 10 years ago, though, I saw the opportunity with social, and I tried to see how it would apply to my clients. At that point, I had been in medical devices, and I just really saw this great opportunity to take this concept of both one-to-one conversations and one-to-many conversations and really use that to raise awareness for specific um, conditions and for spe- specific therapies in healthcare. Wow. So 10 years ago. Yeah, that's ama- that's amazing. That's amazing to be such an early adopter in social because 10 years ago, I, I would imagine that, you know, many companies weren't using social and particularly within the medical device arena, I would imagine that people would have been very hesitant. So it's very interesting that you found that space early on. Yeah, we found the opportunities. We didn't have many takers with our clients, right? <laughs> but you but we did knew. Right, and you saw the um, the patient voices, right? The advocates were out there and starting to see how that they were changing the landscape of healthcare and, you know, everything that we see today in terms of more consumers taking charge of their own healthcare. And, and here we are. That's amazing. So you identified the opportunity. You were at an agency at that time? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then you moved over to Medtronic from there? Yeah. So about uh, four years ago, I moved over to Medtronic and was really excited about the opportunity to not only be, be in diabetes and be one step closer to the condition and be inside a company, but I also saw the opportunity that um, in diabetes, there's a huge community online. And they kind of said, you can you can do something with this. You can come over here and, and, and try. So uh, that's what I did. Four years ago, I joined. And three years ago, we started our blog. And Ever since, and today's our second anniversary, our birthday for our Facebook community. Yes. So I'm very excited. Yay. Hooray! 
birthday. Happy Facebook birthday. <laughs> One thing that has always really struck me about you, like from the first day I met you, is how passionate you are about the community and, and the advocates that are online, people that are out there starting. Um, when I met you, it was before you had started Facebook community, but you were pretty deep into the blogger segment and just really tapping into the online communities that exist for diabetes. Um, tell me a little bit about that passion. Tell me where, where does that come from? It's just, it's amazing to watch. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I always, as you know, I like to tease Dave, Dave Kirpin, because he likes to be likable. And I always say, well, I want to be lovable. Um, (laughs) Love it. One step up from likable is lovable. Exactly. And I do. I always, uh, when I speak at conferences, I always tell people, like, you need to love your community. You know, it's, I, I, I really just get so much joy out of helping the people within our community and connecting them together. And they're so passionate themselves about helping each other. And so being able to be a part of that and having my job be a part of making those connections happen on a daily basis, I really do think I have the best job in the world. That's amazing. I love that. I love to hear it. So tell me a little bit about Medtronic's social strategy and and how you're using it for the brand. Well, we're really using it to both connect with our current customers as well as future customers. So it's really important for us that um, our current customers are a big, vibrant community. As I said, they love to already talk and share stories with each other. So we really just see ourselves as an ability to help make that connection happen. In addition, we can help educate. So we know more about our products in some sense. We know more about them and how they work, and we can do tips and tricks and different types of education and bring that together and help them share that with others. And so that's really important for us. In addition, we think it's amazing to have the ability to enable them to share their stories and their stories of success with diabetes and what's working and what's not. And so we think um, being able to provide that platform and others see that. So then for our future customers, they see that support and then they see that community support and, and what's there and the benefit that people are receiving from our therapy. And so it really comes full circle. I love that. I I actually love what you said. You said two things that actually are very linked, which is that you want to encourage your customers to share their stories. And also when you talk about what you're providing them, the content that you're providing them with, you're you're simply giving them tools that they can then share out to their community, which I think is so, so great. And I think you're able to do that really well with Medtronic, a company like Medtronic, when um, it's obviously such a life-saving and, and such a, a game changer, the medical device that you're working with is like using an insulin pump. It, it would imagine it changes your life and you probably customers want to share that all the time. Yeah, so they, they do have a propensity to share. So we could really <laughs> tap into that, which is amazing. Yep. You know, some days we can get 1,100 comments in an hour. Wow. Um, so that's that's just amazing to see. And then, you know, the other part of that is it also helps humanize us as a brand. Yep. So I think many times people think, oh, you're just this corporate, you're this entity. And we really want to demonstrate that we literally have thousands of people who are working every day to improve diabetes, you know, care. And this provides us the ability to do that and provides us the ability to be more human and interact and, you know, share those stories about us as well. And while we don't share a ton about Medtronic, I think when we do and they see those personal interactions, it has really helped benefit us as a brand as well. So when you say that you're not always talking about Medtronic, that makes total sense. Tell me, give me an idea of some of the things that you do talk about. 
Well, we talk a lot about our customers. So most most of the stuff that we do, right, is driven by um, their their stories. So people who are using our products and sharing their stories with others, their achievements, what what they're able to do, whether that's you know having babies or graduating, you know, playing baseball, um, all the ordinary things that people do in life, but sharing that with each other. So we do a, a lot about that, and then. Um, the tips and tricks that I was mentioning, the educational resources, and then reminders like don't forget to change the time on your insulin pump. That seems very simple. The time, the clocks are changing, but what can we do to help that? Or we know a lot of people travel. It's spring break time. So what are what are ty- types of information that we can give them to help them while they're traveling or to remind them of information that's on our website? So it sounds like it's really about adding value to their lives, whether it's sharing stories of other people who they're inspired or or the ability to like help them when they're in their time of need. Either they're traveling or they have a time change or something they wouldn't ordinarily think of. It's it's how are you adding value to them. Yep. And it's giving them the information, the right information, you know, when they want it, where they want it, how they want it. So some people want it through social. Some people might want it through an email. Some people want it through, you know, calling our call center. So, uh, you know, our hope is just to extend all the service and support that we give regularly, but do that through social as well. And I would imagine that for you in social... It must be very challenging because you have a pretty regulated industry, right? So how how can you manage social media and which is this like very open environment in a more regulated industry like the healthcare segment? So we have lots of rules and processes. <laughs> Um, I think I've, I've created um, more rules and processes, and um, but we and a great team. So I think first of all, it just starts with our great team. We have a community manager who you know works all the time. She adds amazing value and voice. Um, we obviously have an agency that helps us on a day to day basis. We've trained customer service agents to respond in real time to questions and pass them along to our helpline. And then, of course, there's legal and regulatory and clinical people who review our, our content. And then we've, you know, created, pre-created, you know, the rules for how we can respond in certain situations. And so if there's things that are commonly asked questions, we know how to respond to those in advance. And then we have to get everything approved that we don't anticipate in real time. So it's it's a lot of energy, um, but it's well worth it. See, one thing that I think you do really well that I, I, I'm certain that listeners, particularly who are working in that type of space, would be interested in hearing is how to not sound kind of robotic or um, automated when you're working in a healthcare space where everything has to be approved beforehand. And yet the responses that Medtronic re- uses are feel very personal to each person. Like it doesn't feel like you're like a machine answering or, or a robot. Um, how do you get approvals but still manage to keep it personal? A great team. And um, and then I think we just really try to listen to mm-hmm. what the person's trying to say to us in their comment and make sure that we really understand that. And then we listen to the community as a whole. So we have a really good handle most of the time, I think, on the conversations that are going on in the community, what's affecting people. And so we know how to respond because we understand the inside jokes. We understand you know, what's what's happening on a given week or month or day, and we're participating in that. And so I think that gives us a more genuine, you know, conversation, genuine tone, because we actually are participating versus um, just responding. Yeah, I think I think it's that personal touch that really is what makes the difference. And I, I love seeing what you guys are doing, um, even internally with how you're how you guys embrace your fans. I think it's it's incredible to watch, honestly. Yeah. I've just been watching from the outside. What's amazed me recently, too, is our um, 
our growth on Twitter, and a lot of that has just been driven organically by our community manager and yep. by the the responses to people. And you know, they go on our pump, and she's welcoming them into the family. They do this, and she's you know you know responding, and she's just having conversations with people. And we see that the more we start to engage, you know, we're growing our followers, and we're really just growing that by that engagement, by being a part of the community and participating and listening. That's the thing with Twitter, right? It's really one to one. I mean, that that's what's so amazing about it when you look at the ability to have conversations with individual people who are just joining and just just getting on the pump, et cetera. It's, it's a pretty amazing thing to see how you can impact person to person in that way. Absolutely. It's really, really cool. So you guys have done some pretty amazing things um, in general and some amazing campaigns. You've even won some awards. So why don't you tell us about um, some of the campaigns that you've done, anything with um, – on Facebook, for instance, that you've had a great experience with. I know you and I did get to wear our ball gowns to go. I did promise Amanda that we would wear our ball gowns when we went to accept an award because I knew that she was so innovative and had such great ideas that she was going to be able to do it. Um, And of course, we did win. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that amazing campaign? Yeah. So that campaign was centered around our Facebook community and an application that we developed. So when we launched our Facebook page, we decided to only use customer photos for our banners and for the images that we were using. And the first day we put one up and it was a, a, a Lindsay and a runner. I can still remember it. Oh. And um, and all of a sudden we just, we started to get all these people who said, well, this is great. I love the photo. And how can I send you mine? And can I send you mine to my son? And here's one of my wife and et cetera. And so we were fielding all of these and we knew that they had the, that our community had this propensity to share, but here they were just, wow, day one, just sending us. And and then the concept, you know, along with you and brainstorming with your team of just being able to share our timeline with our community. And, you know, we it's it's always hard, I think, the first time you kind of describe it to everyone, but because I think people forget about the life events on Facebook. Yeah. And I think they forget that for brands, those are milestones. Yes. And so we had put, you know, all of our innovation milestones, you know, going back into the 1980s, you know, on our Facebook page. But this concept of then taking our customers' journey, our patient, those patient journeys, and adding those milestones. So, you know, if Johnny graduated from high school, we put that as a milestone as part of our history because we believe so much that our customers are a part of our history and they're they're why we do what we do every day. And so we created this app that allows them to easily share stories with us and get their permission and taking the extra steps so that we can just make sure from a regulatory and compliance standpoint, we have everything all buttoned up. And then we can share these stories with our community. And it's amazing to see, you know, I'm always I'm just always struck by them, the the community and, you know, women saying, oh, I didn't know I could get pregnant and use an insulin pump. And another one saying, yes, you can. And here's what I did. And them just congratulating each other and sharing those moments together. It's just really been an amazing, um, amazing, amazing application. So that's amazing is the ability to open up um, and really allow your community to truly be crowdsourced like that and allow your timeline even, you know, your your company's history to be able to be your also your customer's history as well. It's pretty pretty incredible. So I was really excited to hear about that. And tell me um, a little bit about how you're structured for social media today, how you staff for social media internally. So as I mentioned previously, we have our community manager. Mm-hmm. We have our social support team down in our call center. Mm-hmm. 
um, a team of legal <laughs> reviewers. <laughs> Always. Um, and then um, we have, you know, a support of our agency. So it really does take a village, I think, to run our community. So it's a lot in social. And, and when you're looking at that, how do you how do you measure the success? So you have a lot of these resources devoted to it. And, and I think it's a big a big program for you guys. How do you measure the success? We take a look at a variety of different things. So we look at engagement and how that engagement is um, affecting us. We actually get all the feedback. So it's amazing to be used the feedback and the thing as another form of market research. Mm-hmm. Um, we've looked at if there's any evidence of the community affecting our net promoter score. So mm-hmm. the ability for people to want to recommend us to someone else. And then finally, we track sales. So we do if people have questions that we want to um, about our products, then we can track that all the way through to sales if they end up purchasing the system through us. So um, that's pretty exciting. And so there's a variety of different metrics that mm-hmm. we use. That's really great. And it's great that you're able to tie it to sales as well. I think that's that's wonderful. And a lot of companies haven't yet built the – a lot of times when I talk to different companies on, on the podcast, they haven't yet built the infrastructure to be able to track that. And, and the ones who have are seeing a really nice return. So that, that's been great. Uh, so tell me a little bit – I know you have a PR background. How would you describe the intersection of PR and social if you're thinking about how, how PR is um, impacted in, social in that way? Oh, that's an interesting question. So – Now it's going to escape me, the official definition of public relations, but I believe it's something to do with, you know, interacting with the public. So I think most people think, well, public relations, that's just media. You you work with media and in many days, that's all it really is. Um, But I don't think anymore. And there isn't a better medium than social media to interact with the public and to get those messages out. And so, I mean, I really see personally, I believe that PR people are the best people for social media (laughs) and definitely not the people who come from advertising and digital um, because I believe we believe more in the concept of earned trust and earned communication and engagement. And so I believe that if you as long as you have those, then you can be successful. It doesn't really matter, I guess, if you're what side of the fence you're on. Uh, But (laughs) you just draw the line in the sand. The PR people are the best people. (laughs) That's what Amanda says. You heard it here first. Amanda Sheldon. I also Uh, think public relations is passionate relations if you in my oh, book so <laughs> I love that I love that so so that actually leads into an interesting space what do you think to succeed in social if you're working in a career in social what do you think the key skill set is clearly uh public relations is a part of it but what what skills do you think you need for a career in social well I think um actually being a social person helps so yes. I, I, I don't I'm not I'm sure there's people who aren't social and are in social. There's always a few. But I mean, I think just having that type of personality and wanting to connect with people. Um, I think being creative and um, being a good writer or being, you know, just being able to think differently is a very important skill sets to have. And um, but then also marrying that with being analytical. Yeah, because you're constantly taking a look at things and yes. wondering, um, well, why did this work and that didn't work? Or how can I try this? Um, how can I test this and mm-hmm. change that? And and so you have to have this ability to to analyze what you're doing and and um, to focus on what you're doing because yeah. there's so many different pieces that you can change uh, and, and be successful, but you have to test them all out. Yeah. I think um, 
something you said was interesting about, and and you're not the first guest to say this when I asked the question, is that, you know, being naturally social helps at being good in social media. But one of the things that I've found is that sometimes people who are really amazing in social, who I meet like through Twitter, you know, you, you like me have met millions of people, not millions, but many people through, through Twitter and through social. Um, and a lot of times what I find is that people who are very um, kind of gregarious and outgoing on social are a little more introverted when in person. Have, have you found that too? I, I, yeah, I guess right? I have, right? right? So I wonder if, if you need to be um, extroverted, like as a person, as a person, like you and I are very extrovert, obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously. <laughs> we're very outgoing, you know, type of people. But, but I wonder if it's, it's the, your inner self needs to be outgoing because a lot of people are very outgoing and social who are not. If you ever go to like one of those meetups or anything like that, I sometimes find like, People are staring down at their phones and not as naturally social. But maybe we lose some of that with social media, right? You lose some of that person-to-person connection. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, what I was going to also add was that um, some of the best advice um, – once I had a boss say this, but I realized it was how I had led my whole career. Yeah. And he said, be curious and inventive. And I really Ooh. think that that's part of it, right? That to be successful, you really always need to be curious about what's next and what can you do and be a constant learner. And I mean, I think that's how I've progressed in my career is that I've always wondered what's next and how can I learn that? And so you can start off and not know a lot. And I always say this to people starting out in their career. I mean, they might, they're like, well, how do I be successful? And it's like, well, no one's going to just say, well, here's the rules of the road, go do it. But if you're curious and you're inventive, you'll find those opportunities. And so there's maybe something about that too, is that even maybe the quieter people, they're just curious, right? They're curious and they're inventive because they're using social in a totally different way, in a way that they might not have been able to do in person. I think that's such a great point. I love that. Be curious and inventive. So you learned that early in your career? No, I learned that later in my career. Later? My first manager at Medtronic. And um, but then I realized he said it and I was like, wow, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing you, these last 15 years. Yeah, I've been being curious, curious and, and inventive. inventive. And so now it's the advice that I give to people when they contact me and want to know what they I, should do. I love that. Be curious and inventive. Such a good nugget from my friend Amanda Sheldon today. That's amazing. So tell me um, a little bit about how you're using social personally as a user. And do you think working in social um, impacts that for you? Like, do you think you use it differently because you're in social? Yeah, so I do. It's it's interesting. I was thinking about this since you gave me some of the questions yes. in advance, and um, I have a very you know unique relationship yes. <laughs> with social. Yes. Um, partially because I'm also the spokesperson for my company, and right. so that has added this different dimension for me. And so you know, for a while, I was all about Twitter. Most recently, I'm back in love with Facebook. So I don't know. It's it's different. I have noticed you posting more <laughs> to Facebook recently. Yeah, by the way, so maybe it's because I it's I have a clo- I I treat each channel differently. Mm-hmm. But that's not any different than I do it for our brand. Right. But I treat each channel differently. And for a while, I really loved Twitter and just that ability to connect with everyone and anyone on around a common theme or an area. And so mm-hmm. I just loved that. I was like, this is really cool. But I've, obviously, like anyone else, I just want to connect with my family and my friends and and others who have similar interests. So just finding the ways to do that and finding the way to do that and still be the spokesperson for a company and still manage a brand and be on social. You know, it's a lot. Do you have to be more careful even on your private networks? Do you still, as when you're the spokesperson of the company, do you feel like you have to be more careful even on on your own private networks like Facebook? 
Yeah, I mean, I think with Facebook, I can be a little. It, I have less people who I'm connected with. Yes, that are not really my friends and family, yes. and yes. so I've kept that on purpose. Yes. And um, but yeah, I think you have to. You always have to think about what you're saying, and I think people should always think about what they're saying. Um, I was going to say that too. Is like, don't you think in this day and age we have to really look at how we're behaving on social as if we're a spokesperson for a company sometimes? Yeah, I mean, I think you should. Yeah, but I mean, there's other days that you just want to say, "Hey, I'm having a lousy day at work," or "I'm having a bad day," or "I really need some coffee right now." And there's sometimes you're like, "Mm, "Should I post that? Maybe, maybe not." Do you post it? I don't post it. Do you, do you post when you <laughs> no, no, when I'm having a bad day at work, I don't. I but don't don't you post. sometimes wish you could? Because I but do. I sometimes do. I want to be really cranky. I want to be like, I'm furious and I'm having the worst day. I, I hate everybody. <laughs> I do. I do. And so it's it's hard because I, I see other people doing it. And I, I feel like that's a part that's not, that I can't tap into. I know. These are these are um, people, who, it's like a hashtag, people who work in social media problems. We can't even, we can't ever complain. And then you like you laugh at the people who are complaining all the time. Like if I see the Facebook stream of like the negative comments, I'm like, oh, oh. but then sometimes I just want to do it too. Right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't help it. Yes, that's true. That is a big difference. Do you ever feel like you want to shut off? Like I for me, and I've talked about this with a couple of other guests, is like sometimes when I'm in social, I get home, you know, and I've been on all day and I've been, you know making vines and doing podcasts and promoting myself and all that. And I get home and I just want to shut, shut off. I want to digitally detox. Do you, do you find that as well? Oh, absolutely. In fact, there's whole times that my friends are like, I'm not seeing you anymore. What happened to you? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm so done with social right now. I just, all I do is live and breathe it, especially when I was still doing the, helping with the community management. Because right now I'm not doing the community management anymore because we finally have a full-time community manager. When I was still doing it, it was like, oh, I I don't need any more social media. (laughs) And um, probably recently I'm more filed or fired up because I went to South by Southwest and just kind of reconnected and found a different way to utilize it again. And so, you know, you think over time you find your networks that can get kind of stale or who you're following or maybe it just starts to get repetitive. And so I think I also needed to freshen it up and change who I'm following and find different kind of interests. And I do that too. Sometimes I get really into a network. I'll, I'll mix it up a little. I'm currently into Pinterest. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I'm having. Oh, I crafted all weekend. You, I could wait till we're done with this, and I'll tell oh, you about the things discuss. I'm making for my sister's wedding. Well, I cannot wait to hear. We'll have to share it because you know, share some of those things. We'll need to repin clearly. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we've got. We know that. Those who are are starting out in their careers, you want them to be curious and inventive, which I love. What other advice would you give to young women who are just about to get into the social media field, looking to get into the field, looking to get their start? Should they all start in PR? Where do you want them to start? (laughs) Oh, well, gosh, where do they want them to start? What I was going to say is follow your passion. Mm. So, you know, for me, it's really finding your passion and what is it that you're really interested in? Because if you're not interested in a subject, it's really hard to get someone else interested in it. Um, so a lot of times I think people are like, well, should I go into automotive or maybe fashion or technology? And it's like, go for what interests you. 
I started in technology and it was perfect because I wanted to be a physics major. So technology was like the perfect kind of marriage of my world. And then I found healthcare and I'm like, oh, this is even more amazing. Medical devices, I'm taking technology and combining it with healthcare. I don't think I'll ever want to do anything different. And I would would be so bored if I was doing fashion. But for some people – Fashion is what they think about and dream of. And so I really think that as much as possible, you should follow your passion. Now, having said that, earlier in your career, you know, you have to find out what that passion is. It's good to be diversified. Personally, I think it's great starting at agencies because you're in an incubator of greatness, yes. right? You have all these different clients and different things going on and people to bounce ideas off of. And so you learn from the people that you're working with. You learn from even if it's accounts you're not on, you learn from mm-hmm. the other accounts within the agency and you get a lot of experience and it's fast paced. And there's just a lot, I think, that is important in that. And and so I think I don't think you'd personally get that starting off within a brand. You're actually not the first person to say that on our podcast, that that other people who have started and, and gone back and forth between agency and brand said that they needed to get their start at an agency because of all the fast pace and working with all the different clients and the exposure that you get to the ideas and all of that. So it's very, very, very interesting. Do you – so with technology, did you know – you kind of felt – I know you fell into PR. You mentioned earlier – did you know that technology was a passion of yours or did you feel like you had to try it to know what what kind of got you excited and lit you up? Because for me, sometimes I think, well, I'm passionate about so many things, you know, and then I, mm-hmm. I go and like when I was younger, I knew I could have been passionate about teaching or I could have been passionate about marketing or I could have been passionate about a million things. So do you think that you need to try it to to do it? Like, is that how you found out that you were interested in technology or did you have a gut? Like what what made it happen for you? Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the astrophysics pre-med English obviously, lit, obviously, <laughs> took Italian Many major. Passions. Okay, love it. <laughs> so love it. I'm probably not the best person to yeah. give advice in this in this section. Yes. So I do think, and that, again, that's why an agency is really good because a lot of agencies have diverse clientele. Yes. And so you can try it, and you can see what that fit is. I did fall into, you know, technology, and um, and you fell in love. And I fell in love, and it was like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. See, it's interesting that you talk about passion, too. Do you think in social, when you have somebody who works in social, could you or would you hire somebody who was a really great communicator, had, like, great PR savvy, but was not into social media? Like, they didn't personally use it. They didn't really think it was something that they were personally interested in. Do you think you need to be personally interested in social to be able to succeed? Oh, man. It's a tough one, right? See, sometimes they just come up. I was thinking about it. What do you think? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Would I hire someone Mm -hmm. if they were like... Great writer. Great communicator. Not into using social. Not personally. They don't know what the next thing coming out is. They don't know Snapchat from Vine, from this, from that. They're They're not into that. They could use it. No, uh, I'd, I'd use them as a different resource on my team. You would, right? You yeah, need... I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think you have to have – I don't think you have to use it a lot per se, I suppose. Um, I mean, because I go back and forth, right? There are certain times that I don't right. do things and um, and I don't, I'm not on every network for, for sure. Right. And, but um, you think the interest needs to be there. Yeah, I think the interest needs to be there. I think the interest in wanting to learn new things and um, – I, I agree. I agree. It's interesting because 
you know, I've seen a lot of people who work in social who are totally passionate about it and then don't have the understanding of the analytics or don't have an under key understanding there. And then I see a lot of people who are very strategic, analytically minded, but not necessarily into social. So it's like you got to find that perfect blend. Yes. It's, yeah. But we, when you, yeah, we, we're you perfect people. Them. I don't we're know just, what to say. We're perfect. <laughs> That's all. We're strategic, analytical, creative, and also love social. Hooray! All the social ladies. This is wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Okay. So um, last question. I ask almost everybody this question. So and you've had a great career, and I love hearing the stories of your career, going from agency over to Medtronic, really understanding and following your passion and doing all that. Have you ever made a career mistake that you'd like to share with us today? Any oopsies? Well, I've made several, I'm sure. And, uh, but um, probably my worst mistake, or not my worst, I would never say worst because I haven't had enough time to think <laughs> if it really is the worst. But um, one big mistake is I took a, a job at mm -hmm. a, an agency once, and I literally lasted six weeks. And, um, and, and primarily it was just a mistake because I – went too quickly mm -hmm. I um, to find the job, and I kind of just jumped into it and didn't know what I was getting myself into and didn't spend enough time really sensing the the, the vibe of the agency and where I was. And um, I pretty much knew day one. I mean, literally, mm -hmm. I walked in there, and I was like, oh, no. And, um, you know, the good news is it only took me six weeks, I think, to reverse the course. I wish I had done it in two weeks. I could have saved myself a couple of um, weeks of commuting in, in there as well. Um, but I learned a lot from it, just really getting an understanding. You really have to like the people that you're working for. You have to believe in the mission, even if it's, a you know, an agency. I think you really need to understand and, and believe in what you're trying to accomplish. And it's um, pretty amazing that you it was only six weeks. That's great. I mean, lots of times people people give a job a year sometimes if it's a job that they hate or anything else. And I love how you just follow your passion. And when you know something's not right, you know it's not right. And you are just pretty awesome, Amanda. Yeah. Well, you know, I knew because I flew out to New York. So there's a West Coast agency, a West, West Coast office and a New York office. Yep. And I flew out to New York to meet the New York office. Yes. And not one person invited me to lunch, <gasps> a drink, dinner, nothing. Oh, giving New and, Yorkers a bad name. And I was like... <laughs> Oh my lord! <laughs> and so I was like, these people are not my people. <laughs> so um, you know, there's like little signs, and I think that's really important to to watch. So I think that's awesome. definitely. Well, I think our listeners will take a lot away from our podcast today, particularly being curious and being inventive. I love that beautiful pearl of wisdom from you, and I'm so happy you were able to join me today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.